0: Fuel Her podcast, you guys. I am so excited that you are here today and listening or whatever day you do choose to listen. We have a very special guest. I'm so excited to welcome. I'm just going to give a little blurb about her before she says her hello so you know who you're talking to and listening. But we have a Christian blogger, speaker, and an author of the book Compared to Who, but her new book is getting ready to come out. She's going to be talking about that a little bit later. Her name is Heather Creekmore. I'm so excited, but Heather is a homeschool mom of four who loves Jesus, has written two books now, blogs about all things body image and comparison and speaks to those issues on her own podcast, which is so good. Oh my gosh, you have to go listen. It is also called Compared to Whom. You may have even recognized her on a Netflix show called Nailed It. That is so freaking fun. Everyone listening, give a little coffee cheer to Mrs. Heather Creekmore. Hey, I am so happy to be with you today, Ashley. This is super fun. Oh, I know. I love it. I'm, when I got your assistant's email, I was like, oh, I am so excited. I said, absolutely. Yes. Because like I just said previously, like I know my listeners are going to be completely blessed by the message that you're bringing today. I want you guys to know everything that she talks about is so brave. Like I could not, even, I could barely imagine the vulnerability. Like I know so many women silently and even publicly these days struggle with everything that you talk about. Um, on your podcast and after I read the first two chapters of your book seriously so good and so many women need this message tell me and tell us a little bit how you got to where you are today writing and coaching on this topic.
1: Well, I tell you, this is a place I never thought I would be Ashley, because like you said, I talk about stuff that no one wants to talk about. Right. And so I started struggling with my body image when I was in third grade. I vividly remember looking into the mirror, deciding that my legs were too fat and that dictated my actions through middle school, through high school. By the time I got to high school, I was seeing how long I could go without eating. Uh, By the time I got to college, I would kind of eat a lot because there was a lot of food at school and food was a social thing. But then I would go home on breaks and I would fast. And so by my sophomore year of college, I lost my period uh, because my eating was so whacked out. And I didn't know that I had an eating disorder because I it wasn't anorexic and I wasn't bulimic. So I was like, you know, I, this is just a normal girl issue. I just am like every woman I know I'm overly concerned with what I look like, but that's just the way it is if you're female. And so God took me on a journey really for decades, <laughs> um, to try to fix this. I didn't, didn't know I had a problem it's a slow <laughs> and, process. That right. <laughs> Right, and so when God finally showed me what like the heart of my problem was, it really set me free. And so I started um, blogging about it and eventually wrote my first book about it. And my first book, like you said, was called Compared to Who? Uh, And a lot of women were like, okay, I need something about comparison beyond just body image issues. And so that's what prompted the second book that came out in September actually called The Burden of Better.
0: Sorry about that. but Yes. Okay. So it's already out. That's, that's even better. Now people can already (laughs) just go and read it later because I'm gonna have to go and read it now, but it was so good. Um, especially when you talked about in the first couple chapters, like it wasn't just how you looked, but, um. The being healthier, wealthier once you get that job, once you get that money, or once and I have a podcast episode about this, but it's like once your ideal self right. shows up, like you you get to be happier. Oh my gosh, that is so so much trauma even now, you know, like when you were growing up. Something I can relate to on that is a probably negative self-talk. Can you maybe talk mm-hmm. a little bit about like um how did those problems and those issues like kind of manifest and present themselves? And like when did it get to its worst? Like, how did you know? Yeah, you know,
1: I think for most women that struggle with this stuff, the negative self-talk has been with us for so long, like for me since third grade, so we're talking nine years old, that we don't even recognize that it's negative self-talk. We don't even like know that the things we're telling ourselves about ourselves aren't true. We just accept them. You know, if you've always told yourself you're fat, (laughs) for 30 years, you've told yourself you're fat, guess what? (laughs) 30 years later, you still believe believe it, right? And it doesn't, I mean, and the crazy thing, like for people who struggle with eating disorders or like body dysmorphic disorder, which is something that I have, It doesn't matter if you are a size 2 or a size 12 or a size 20. You can still tell yourself you're fat and believe it Mm -hmm, (laughs) at all of those sizes. And so, yeah, negative self-talk is huge. And so one of the things I do now is I coach women first to listen for that right? You can't be free from the lies until you recognize them as lies. So to kind of stop or at least slow down and listen for what those lies are um, so they can, so they can take those thoughts captive.
0: Oh yeah. I love that. So do you maybe tell them to journal it out every morning or write them down? And what's your, how do you tell them to kind of get in that intentionality moment?
1: Yep. To write them down. Uh, definitely. Now, you know, sometimes it's hard to commit to them on paper, like, I'll just be, be real with you. Like these thoughts are so uncomfortable to acknowledge that writing them down is is really a lot to ask. And so if they're not ready for that, we just talk about, okay, just start listening and just notice which ones come back again and again. And as you listen to it more, start to call it out as, oh, wait, that's not true. Oh, wait, that's a lie. Is it, you know, is this something I've been believing for too long? And kind of, not that you want to get comfortable with it necessarily, but kind of start to see it over a while and then eventually you'll get to the point where you can write it down without without feeling totally panicked. I love it.
0: Yeah. Um, so you said you got to God showed you the heart of the problem. Do you what mm-hmm. do what was that? Was that comparison? Was that the heart of the problem? Or was it where there something inside on maybe your heart like pride, ego, glutton, you know, like grief, like yeah. kind of thing like that? Was that what was the heart of the problem?
1: All of those things. Oh. Okay. So let me give you let me give you the two simplest answers. And I listened to your episode on idealism. Mm-hmm and that's part of it, right? Our ideals are actually idols, right? And so when we have an idealized self, we believe that if I could just be that ideal, then my life would be better. And another way of saying it is then I would be saved. Not that we would ever like consciously cash it out that way, but, but we all were created with this longing for heaven. We were all created with a longing for a better life, but there's lots of ways here on this earth that we're trying to save ourselves. Like if I look perfect, then no one will be able to criticize me. And you know, I'll have everyone's approval. If I do this job perfectly, then no one will be able to criticize me and I'll feel saved safe and secure in that job performance. And Jesus is saying, "Uh, no, friend, that's not where you find your identity. No, friend, your identity is not what you look like. Your identity is not in how awesome you do your job. Like rock all those things. That's just fine. But if you make them an idol if you make them something you worship something that consumes more of your time energy money than i do god says uh sorry i've got some rules about that so that's part of it is this idealism and idolatry but then the second part of it is just like you said it's it's There's pride. I mean, we like to use the word comparison because that's so much nicer, but frankly the Bible uses different words and it's uncomfortable sometimes for us to use Bible words, but Bible words help us understand Bible solutions, right? So the Bible uses the word envy. It uses the word covetousness. It uses the word jealousy. It uses the word pride. And so when you're scrolling Instagram, and you see someone and you think my life should be more like hers. I want her abs. I want her butt. I want her man. I want her house. I want her life. Like that's all envy, right? And sometimes covetousness. I want her kitchen. I want her car. <laughs> like whatever it is, right? The kitchen. And so, it's the kitchen for me. It's the kitchen. <laughs> it's the kitchen. <laughs> me, <laughs> me too, girl. You should see my peeling caps and my, oh, my laminate countertops. They've <laughs> got to go. <laughs> but, but. You know, so we set these things up and we think if I could just have that kitchen, then I would be happier. My life would be so much more awesome. But then what happens, you get the kitchen, you're like, well, you know, now the rest of the house kind of looks dank next to the kitchen. Yeah. So now <laughs> I need a new living room to be happy or new flooring Painting. or whatever, right? So, and you know, and it's the same with your body too. I know countless women that have gotten to the size that they thought they needed to be at so they would be happy and they get there and they are, miserable. Right. And they're, ju- and because it's a letdown, you're mm-hmm. like, Oh, this is going to make me happy. It didn't work. Now. What do
0: I do exactly. now? What do I need?
1: And so, yeah, that's all of that is oh, the yeah. answer.
0: <laughs> no, you're, pre- you're preaching there. I was not even going, I was like, I'm not even saying a <laughs> word. This girl is just going. Um, so a, a lot of my theory kind of like in little, you know, just my out here, it's not written anywhere, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of, women, you know, going, you know, that are coming of age or going from their twenties, going, kind of trying to grow up into their thirties and really set the, the, the foundation of happiness, um, they turn to personal development or, you know, stuff like that. But, and I was one of those women and I just feel like as a, as a Christian or as a follower of Jesus, a lot of that personal development is wrong. It doesn't, it doesn't align right. with the Bible. And, um, so that's kind of initially why I started this podcast is to kind of like, put two and two together, you know, like, you know, we can do all of these self-help things and we, you can save yourself all you want, but like Jesus is the one that saves and Je- you, know, if your heart is not aligned with the Bible and the truth and what it says, then everything else, removing your team, your workout, your, your hustling won't work. You know, it doesn't, right. it does, still is not going to matter. So, you know, like, what do you, does that, how does that make you feel? Or like what? Yeah, no, you know, you're know, right that- on.
1: So, so the, w- find me the verse in the Bible that says, improve yourself daily. Thank you. Right. It's not there, right? Still, you know. But but take up your cross daily. Yeah. Deny yourself daily deny the flesh daily like ouch no one wants to talk about that like that's not going to sell a trillion books (laughs) i'm sorry it's just not (laughs) right like like that's why my message kind of (laughs) sucks right because if, if it was if it was like you know what you just be the awesomest you and you wake up every morning and you say i am awesome and i'm gonna be the awesome me and i'm gonna just be my best self like not without Jesus. No, no, I'm sorry. That's not what you're called to. And even and, with him, you still suck sometimes, right? Exactly. And But like the good news is like the, the good news is when you suck and you're in Christ, right? At least your identity's secure when you suck and you're in yourself. Right? That's a low like that's where the anxiety and depression and just rock bottom, you hit it because you've got nothing else. And you tried and you tried and you tried, you did all the things and you checked off everything on the list. And you were, you know, if you're trying to be perfect, or you're trying to get the body, you're trying to, you know, meet all the objectives to get your next goal at work, whatever it is, you can do all those things. And without Jesus, man, you make one misstep you gain two pounds, you get passed over for a promotion, you don't meet that sales goal and boom, like the bottom falls out. And so that's why we've got to to be rooted and grounded in Christ and in love and not in self-help and not in self-improvement, but in what Jesus calls sanctification, right? He wants Mm -hmm. us to grow, he wants us to be more like him. But if all of my goals are sales goals and weight goals and personal achievement goals, and I don't have any goals as to how I can be more like Jesus, what? Like, that's not I'm I'm living like a pagan. I'm not living like a Christian. (laughs) Right. There's no difference between me and the world.
0: Girl, you are on fire. So the one the (laughs) quote, the quote I wrote on the quote I wrote down that I absolutely was obsessed with it in the first couple of chapters was we miss so much of what God wants for us because we're so busy looking around and not looking up. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is so important for today, any any woman, where no matter what how what age you are, but you know, like work is like being a hard worker is awesome. Right. Making money is awesome. Um, being even like a servant to your own household is awesome. But if you're still only focusing on you and your household and you, and you can only eat, sleep, work, and take care of your kids or, you know, take care of yourself. I just think that we're missing the point And that's what is the, the issue with today that's why we like a lot of people are like oh just be kind it's like well we can't be kind if we don't get around other people or like right. put ourselves <laughs> right. in other situations to give our to give put empathy you know or grace or love or ser- servitude you know it's just like right. so um how did you what maybe like what tell us maybe like an, or tell me maybe an example of what your life looked like before and then what your life looks like maybe now and how like that's been so different Yeah. So I would say,
1: like, really, if I'm honest, from age... Probably twelve through my twenties into my thirties, there was a constant conversation in my head about what I looked like, what I needed to do to change my weight, how many calories I ate, because that was before macros, so people were obsessed with calories then. Um, how many calories I ate, how many calories I needed to burn, you know, what I could do to get to the next size down. I mean, this was just a constant conversation in my head, and I'll let you know, I was a professional. Okay. I I was a vice president at an organization, but I had a part-time job teaching fitness classes and I was more proud of my part-time job teaching fitness classes than I was of my six six digit salary and my VP title, because what I cared about was my body image and whether or not you thought I was in good shape. And so telling you that I was a fitness professional made you think I was in good shape (laughs) telling you I was a VP that 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 didn't validate me. And so that's like, that's the truth of what was going on in my head. Uh, When God started to set me free from this, I read a quote and it was, what what you think about in your solitude is your religion. And that quote really, really convicted me because like I said, what I thought about in my solitude and really when I was with other people too, (laughs) was, was what my body looked like. And so soon I realized my religion was, I was serving a God on my bathroom floor that told me my number which was my worth um, every time i stepped on it and that was my god and if if god was pleased if the number was good you know then i had a good day and if god was displeased then i had a bad day and so i had created this really this false, false religion for myself. Um, and, And I was raised in a Christian home. I went to Christian schools. I knew the God and Jesus answer. So I had just completely separated this part of my life, this struggle from my spiritual life. And so when God stepped in and showed me that I was serving an idol, who everything changed. And it wasn't an overnight like, like flip of the switch. But it was definitely um, I was able to do what we talked about early on take thoughts captive, identify those negative thoughts, and kind of keep getting better and better at realizing, okay, there's a truth about me. And if God says that that's true, who am I to say that it's not? You know, it's kind of like an ant. Like we look at an ant and we're like, yo, ant, you're little or whatever. Yo, ant, you're a busy worker, right? I don't know. Ants are industrious. But you know, and if the ant would like look it up, look at us and be like, I don't care what you say about me, like what you say is important. It's like, well, no, actually I'm like 8,000 times your size. Like, I, you know, like my opinion is a little bit broader and more important and I have a better perspective on life than you do little ants. It's the same, it's the same thing for us. I mean, not that God sees us as ants. We're made in his image, right? But but for us to think that our opinions of ourselves are more important than God's opinion of us, like that's ridiculous. (laughs) He created the universe. Um, so yeah, so so things changed. I don't have that running conversation in my head anymore. That's not to say I'm not still tempted. I don't, you know, I see a woman in a bikini on a magazine cover and I'm like, ooh, I should be like that. But then I have to take that thought caption and be like, no, wait a second here. You know, God has given me a purpose in life. It's not for modeling. I don't really need to look like that. Yeah. <laughs> and what it would take for me to look like that, that would just completely whack out all of my priorities, my family life. Like that would joy. consume me. <laughs> right, joy. <laughs> and that would consume me and that would not be healthy. So even though you could look at me and be like, oh, wow, she's really healthy. Truth is, I wouldn't be healthy at all. Or abundant or content. Exactly. <laughs> so well, any, any of those things. Any things.
0: Um, I love it. Um, I love, okay. So I loved a couple of things. You said you separate your body image from Jesus. So something I can't, so I actually came into, uh, the Christian faith pretty late in life. I was in I was about 21, uh, when I found the church and and Jesus, my family was more of the alcoholic kind <laughs> or, you know, just not, not the followers. Um, mm-hmm. and I just wasn't raised like that, but so I found him later in life. So I kind of have Obviously you have that baggage or a past that comes with that and different decisions. I like that. You said you separated this part, even though you always know Jesus. Cause sometimes for me now that I'm like, kind of in the, you know, I'm 10 years in almost 10 years into this journey. It's like, I separate or I feel bad. I'm like, Oh, I have to, eat. It, it's like, he takes me to a new level each time. And like, mm-hmm. you have to give all control. You can't keep right. any, just, just one piece to yourself. Like you have to give it right. all to him. Yeah. So that was a big, that was a big wake up call for me. A lot. I think a lot of the people that do listen are pretty new to the Christian life or they're trying to get into it or trying to understand it. So maybe let's talk a little tactical here. What does tell me, share whatever you please. What is your like war room time look like? Um, do you, you know, how much time do you spend in the Bible? Uh, Do you like read a devotional and that's it? Or do you read the Bible? You know, what what does that kind of look like for you?
1: Yeah, no, I love that you asked that question because really this is a spiritual battle, right? Mm -hmm. The battle with comparison, the battle with body image, these are spiritual battles. And a lot of times we try to fight them physically, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I could just get the thing or lose the weight, then I'd be content. No, no. These are spiritual battles that are going to be won or lost in your spiritual life. life. So I read, um, I go through the Bible every year. I've done this for about maybe eight or nine years now, um, where I read through the whole Bible in a year. I use a Bible app program, um, because I need the accountability of those check marks (laughs) that it gives me or doesn't give me, right? Um, there's no shame in using the catch me up if you miss a couple days, right? And boom, all of a sudden the dates reset. But um, right now I'm doing Nikki Gumbel's Bible in a Year, and that has a, um, a devotional that somehow miraculously weaves in an Old Testament passage, Psalms or Proverbs, and a New Testament passage every day. So it's a little longer than some of the other programs I've done. But So I'm in the Word for about 20 minutes, I would say, in the morning and normally try to spend some time in prayer after that or later in the morning or when I have, I've got four kids at home with me all the time. Um, so it's sometimes the prayer is like whenever I have <laughs> more of a chance um, or, you know, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, God, we have a minute now. Let's, let's talk about this. Um, I also, I love to walk and pray, like being outside and just exercising. Like I, you know, I would probably walk faster or run faster if I had music playing, but I feel like that's an important time for me to just kind of talk to God. So I like to do that too. Um, But I love to encourage women um, and men too. But if you're spending an hour on socials, and you're spending five minutes in the word, like it's gonna be hard for you to believe what God says about you when you've got this hour coming at you of this is what you should be, this is what you should look like, this is what you should do, this is what success means, this is what beauty means. And you've spent five minutes looking at what God says those things are and, and what God says about you and what you should do. And so so not that that not that, that ratio has to be even, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying if you're not firmly grounded and you go into the realm of, of YouTube and Pinterest and Insta, you're going to suffer. Like you're not going
0: to get free that way. Yeah, no, I love it. That's, that's really good. Also Jesus calls us to renew our minds daily. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest way that we can pick up our cross. And I think a lot of the times right now, or at least some women that I speak to, they, they aren't, they aren't in the word enough yet. I don't know if it's a fear or if it's an anxiety or if it's like, a commitment that they're not ready to make. Mm-hmm. I just want to stress like it is spiritual warfare. We're not fighting flesh and blood on this side of right. earth. Like we are fighting mental battle with evil spirits. And that is real. Like, can we talk about the shoe, the Nike shoe? Do you know about that?
1: I do. Yeah.
0: But I almost cried. I think when I read it at first, yeah. but then it's just like, is this actually happening? This is actually mm-hmm. happening. What are your thoughts on that? Evil is real.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. And, and there's a lot of evil that looks like good. And then there's evil that looks like evil right? And so it's scary that culture can be okay with evil that looks like evil, right? It kind of makes sense when evil looks like good that people could be fooled. <laughs> but when evil looks like evil, okay, wait, we got to step back. <laughs> like, ah, yeah,
0: like, it's, it's scary. It's yeah. scary how it's being normalized. On social, I don't know if you've caught any of the comments or not uh, surrounding it, but a lot of people in my stay-at-home mom groups that I mm-hmm. hate, that I'm a part of most of the time. <laughs> um, There's that, you know, a lot of them are bashing Christians because we're mm-hmm. voicing our upset opinion. And they're mm-hmm. like, you guys just hate everyone. And all you do is mm-hmm. hate, hate, hate. And I'm like, I'm not saying that there hasn't been church hurt. And I'm not saying sure. that there is, are, there are not Christians that spew hate because obviously there are, but if you've ever encountered a you know I don't want to say real you know it just kind of sucks you have to say that but Mm -hmm. someone who really is a follower of Jesus like that's not true and then I read a comment though that said Christians have been slaughtering people you know since Mm -hmm. the dawn of time in the name Mm -hmm. of their faith and I was like have you read the Bible? Because God, I mean, like God did that. We didn't do that. Um, I'm just like, okay. it I feel like a lot. we're so disconnected from the word these days. And it's mm. the reason why the biggest, I think it's one of the biggest reasons why people don't really understand who they are, what they, what they are, what they're made of, what God says about them, because they've never read it. And right. Or right. if they and do, they just think it's like, well,
1: cool, I, but. I think, I mean, just honestly, I feel like we've allowed, like, I feel like the church hasn't done a great job of really like encouraging Christians that they need to be in the word. There's kind of this, like, you should do it. You should read your Bible, but it's, it's make or break, right? You you know, you're a practical pagan if you're not reading your Bible (laughs) because we're all discipled by something, right? And so are you discipled by YouTube? Are you discipled by Netflix? Are you discipled by a Christian woman in your church? That's gonna look different than being discipled <laughs> by, by Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but but we're all being discipled by something. Our hearts were created <laughs> to be in community and to learn. And you know, and the Apostle Paul tells us, like, you know, that he um had people follow him and he told them to imitate him, and that wasn't. That wasn't to glorify him. It was just that he knew that part of his responsibility was to show younger believers how to walk. And so I would encourage like any of your newer believers, like friend, you don't have to do it by yourself, but you know, find, find someone to connect to who can help you learn how to grow, because that's what it's all about. Like, right. The Bible talks about like maturing spiritually, right? And you're a baby when you start off and that's okay. Like babies are allowed to drink milk and, and they're allowed to sleep all day. And right. Like there's certain things that we allow babies to do. Right. But if you've been a, you know, follower for, you know, five or six years, we're going to want you to start walking. Right. Like, like if your baby's still in the crib and not walking at age six, like you're going to be going to the hospital. Right.
0: Are so, you, are you a
1: human? Like we, you know, is there a problem? There's a problem. Exactly. Right. So we're supposed to grow up. And yeah, sometimes it is hard to break yourself away from the Christian devotional and go to the Bible. Right. Because the Christian devotional might be kind of funny and it's just nicey nice to read and all that thing. But no, like God asked us to read his word. And so like I even tell women, like, please don't tell me that you read my book, but you haven't read your Bible. Like, don't do that read your Bible. And so the second book, I put a ton more scripture in it to kind of try to drive that home. Like, okay, hey, (laughs) if you want to read the book, you're going to read a bunch of scripture too. But but it's just, it's just, it's life, right? God's word is life. And there's so many things like Psalms tells us, Turn my eyes from worthless things, give me life in your ways. And there's so many things we look at that are worthless that drain our life, that suck the life right out of us. And God's word is one of the only things we have to put life back into us. So why why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we read it?
0: Yeah, I just think people that don't read it, and sorry you guys, if you feel offended by this, but you just you don't understand because you don't read it, like you, you have to read it to understand. We understand the freedom and the feelings we have to stop ourselves usually. I usually I'm like, oh dang it, it's been like an hour. I need to go do something else. Yeah. All right, Heather, I just, seriously so blessed by your message and this conversation has been so life-giving. Um I know that you are coaching women, you're taking clients, right?
1: So I, am.
0: I want you to please blast how you can tell how everybody can work with you more, who you're, you know, who you're really wanting to work with um, and where we can get your book and all, all the juicy details.
1: Okay. Awesome. Well, I am at compared to who.me. That's my website. And so there's more information on my coaching there. I have a coaching program that's mostly run online, uh, called refocus 21. And I do it with a friend who offers some um, nutritional is what we call it, but it's not really like dieting advice. It's more like, just overall health with food um, kind of advice. And then I talk about the body image side of things. And so we do that online for 21 days and it starts mid-May this year. Um, So that would probably be a great place to start. Uh, I don't like to work with clients who haven't read my books yet, Um, not because I'm weird, but just because I feel like you need to kind of get to know me through my books and know what I'm about before we can work together well. Um, So I do encourage women that wanna work with me to read my books first. You can find them any place Christian books are sold. There's links through my website. They're on Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, all the places. it will be linked in the um, show
0: notes, all the all
1: the things. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And then my podcast is compared to who also on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon and all the places too. So um, and that's a good way to get to know me as well. Oh um, yeah. But I, I love working with women. Um I have I have eleven clients right now, oh, <laughs> so I have a, very, a full load. I'm yeah. kind of I'm ready for a couple of them to move on, so I can like figure out who's who again. <laughs> <It's>
0: <laughs> but time to up no. those prices a little bit.
1: I know, <laughs> but um, Sorry, but no, it's it's <laughs> been um, yeah, it's been it's just a, it's a tremendous blessing to start walking with a woman and have her feel totally stuck. And and the biggest concern and the number one thing I ask women when they're coming in to work with me is like, what's your biggest fear? And it's always that I'm never going to change. That this there's no hope. This is never going to get better. And there is nothing that brings me more joy than walking with a woman eight weeks later, ten weeks later, twelve weeks later, and having her say, "I just can't believe how different I feel inside." And it, it's it's all about that renewing of the mind. She hasn't lost a pound in some cases. <laughs> some of the clients gain a couple pounds because they feel freer with food. I'm like that's not going to work for advertising.
0: you <laughs> joy. It's with joy. Me, you'll gain weight. You find joy. <laughs> all
1: right, but. But yeah, no, it's 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 awesome fun, and um, it's it's a huge privilege and a blessing. Oh, that's
0: awesome! I love it. Okay, I ask every last guest or every guest this last question what is your favorite Bible verse on your tough that gets you through your toughest days? Yeah. So mine is probably one you've not heard before.
1: I love it. Okay. It is Jonah two no, eight. I haven't heard it. Love it. Uh-huh, see, I told you, no one has a favorite verse from Jonah, right? No. Like they're throwing out the Romans or the Ephesians, but not the Jonah. So I'd like to, I like to go to Jonah. Uh, you it. know, he had a, he had a tough time at Jonah. Um, and I can, I can relate to him. Um, but Jonah two eight is those who pay attention to vain idols forsake all hope of steadfast love. And so for me, when I realized that my biggest struggle in this Christian life was following these idols that told me life would be better if I looked better, did better, all the things, um, that verse is a reminder to me to stop paying attention to those vain idols. Because when I do, the one thing that I want most of all, right, I want to be loved, right? I want to be loved by the Father. But, you know, we all want people to love us, right? We all want to be in community with people that, that appreciate us and enjoy us, right? So I want love, but when I chase these idols, I forsake all hope of steadfast love. And so that's that's a reminder to me to like cut out the, the idol and the ideals chasing.
0: Oh, chills. That was so good. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time. I am so grateful for you and I look forward to hearing more about you. And now I'm just going to listen to your podcast and buy your books. So awesome. you am just probably getting a forever fan. But you guys, I hope you are feeling your heart, feeling your mind, feeling your body so you can free your soul. Until next time. Girl, I cannot tell you what it means to me that you are here and listening to this show. I am so grateful for you. And I just want to say that if you did love it or if it tugged at your heart at all, please feel free to share this with your friends or better yet, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram so I can personally shout you out and thank you. Thank you so much for being on this journey, friend. Talk to you soon.